Hey, what's up, guys? It's Joel. If you guys haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up. And make some noise for your host, Joel Jacob. What's up, Heat Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat versus the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and you can follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. Without further delay, let's meet today's correspondents. First, we got George. What's up? What's up, guys? We got Christian. Hey, what's going on? We got Anthony. We play off ready. What's up? And then last but not least, first time in a while, we got Brian. Yo, that is me. What's up? All right. So let's start it off. We got to talk about the main reason for this pod, and that's none other than the fact that we finally know who the Miami Heat will be facing in the first round of the playoffs. After beating Cleveland in the play-in last game, the Hawks are officially the eighth seed, meaning that they will face Miami in round one. And before we go deep into discussion about what lies ahead for the Heat, I want to start by asking you guys for your opening thoughts as you think about this upcoming series for Miami. Kick us off, George. Yeah, there's, there's really not much to say when it comes to, you know, Miami's um, uh, beef with Atlanta. We've had plenty of uh, run-ins with them over the past. We had a lot of uh, a lot of close games, a lot of really, really good watches. So it's been nothing short of amazing to have a first round against them again to finally stomp on them. Uh, for once and for all, we uh, we have a pretty good record against them as well. So, I, if I'm looking at as an overall view to start off with, uh, I, I'm, I can't be happier than versus the Hawks. They they play, you know, they play a brand of basketball that we that we find very manageable. And uh, and yeah, it's gonna be look. It's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be a lot of a lot of highlight plays. But yeah, I think the Heat take this one. Right. And how about you, Christian? I just feel like going into this, I'm not super concerned as a Heat fan. I think that Miami has a really good handle on the Hawks. And just in general, with the injuries to Capella and John Collins, the Hawks are definitely down in size. So the Heat can try to punish the Hawks on the interior. Um, I think for the most part, the Hawks are run through Trey Young. And if the Heat can sort of limit him, it's going to be a better series for them. I think that it's probably going to be either a 4-0 or a 4-1 series uh, in Miami's favor. Uh, and I just wouldn't be too concerned about this first-round matchup. Right. And how do you feel, Anthony? Well, out of the four playing teams, <laughs> I've stated many times that I wanted Brooklyn 
Uh, so obviously that's the kind of the matchup I wanted. One, just because I think we would beat them. And two, I really wanted to shut everybody up. Uh, but once that first game ended, we knew it was going to be between the Cavs and the Hawks. I said, if Jared Allen is healthy, I want to play the Hawks. If he's not, I'd rather play the Cavs. So obviously Jared Allen came back. I don't know if he was healthy because he didn't really didn't, he really didn't do much. He only had like four, four baskets, three rebounds. Uh, so, but because he is back, I do like the matchup with the Hawks better. Obviously it's a very exciting matchup. They have a very great team. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens. Obviously, I like our chances, so I'm not too worried. Right. And you, Brian? Yeah, I hate everything about the Atlanta Hawks. Not from, like, a rivalry perspective, just from how they play basketball. Like, they don't pass. It's a lot of Trey Young isos just getting him the ball and seeing what he can do. They don't defend anybody. Um, their best player in Trey Young can't. He's, like, one of the worst defenders in the NBA because he's 5'10". 5-11 on a good day. Um, historically, a lot of Heat players have had really, really good games against the Hawks. I think it was against the Hawks two years ago. Maybe it was last year where Bam and Jimmy had a triple-double and Duncan had, like, Duncan and Kendrick Nunn both put up 30 in the same game. Um, I just, I don't know. The, the Heat and Hawks just play such different styles, and I feel like in a series and playoff basketball, it's really going to favor the Heat. Um I think it's going to be a very, very quick series. And, uh, yeah, Trey Young is definitely good enough to get a game. But even then, like, even if he goes off for 40, I still feel like the Heat are probably going to sweep. Right. And, honestly, I do hope that he end up sweeping the Hawks because the thing that annoys me, and I know everyone has probably seen it by now, is seeing the way how ESPN has, has been addressing the Hawks. Like, I'm sure you guys probably saw, like, first take debating if the Hawks could actually upset the Heat and all that. And keep in mind, that was literally, like, right before the playing game against Cleveland. And there was then, and it wasn't even just them. You know, you had other people on ESPN and all these other clowns that were trying to say all this stuff that the Hawks could actually beat Miami in the seven-game series. And it was just ridiculous. That's why, like, I need a sweep to happen simply just to shut everyone up because apparently some way, somehow, like, I think a lot, everyone is expecting us to win, but, like, just to simply sweep them would just be better just because it would be like, hey, you guys honestly thought this team could beat us in a seven-game series. They could be able to upset us. All right, well, we swept them. So what do you guys say about that, you know? So overall, that's my overall take on that. And we have so much to talk about. So let's move right on with this next topic, because when it comes to the things that the Heat need to do, if they want to beat the Hawks, you know, there, there's a few things you could bring up. Now, although it shouldn't be a major task to be an eight-seeded Hawks team, I'm going to ask this question anyway. Um, with that being said, like, what do you guys think serve as the main keys for the Heat in order to win the series against Atlanta? Give us your take, Anthony. Well, obviously, you got the Trey Young factor. He's their best player. But what I want to speak on is their shooting because they have a lot of shooting as well. And sometimes the Heat have a tendency to give a lot of three-point shots, which is weird because they're, you know, a really great rotation team. Uh, also, they got their own version of Tres Leches with Kevin Herter, Bogdanovich, and Gallinari. And as Heat fans know, if there's anybody that can hurt us, it's some random white guy. Uh, I think I speak for everybody when I say that uh, Kevin Herter is better than Tyler Hero. So, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I've seen a lot of that on Twitter, though, which has been crazy. But uh, they obviously have a lot of shooting, uh, shooting. DeAndre Hunter's lit us up several times. So if they can key in on the shooters, they should be fine. Uh, 
those guys are good enough to maybe get a couple games and I don't want it to get too close down the stretch. So as long as they rotate well and lock in on those shooters, uh, they should have a great chance of success. Right. And I don't think you were kidding about, you know, um, Herder being better than Hero. Cause I might have to agree with you that and Kevin Love, you know, I was really surprised that his VORP didn't save the Cavs that game against um, Atlanta, you know, so you know, that's the true six man of the year right there. And let's see, uh, Christian, how about you? I think the biggest key is just containing Trey Young because without him, the Hawks offense is really nothing, especially the fact that Capella is going to be out potentially for a couple games and Collins is out. Um, the Hawks this season are 9-19 and when Trey Young has 25 points or less this season. So I think it's keeping him under that 25-point mark putting your best defender on him, whether that's Jimmy, you know, whether you just got to space the floor out, um, just don't go zone against <laughs> Trey. Um, of course, we'll get a couple lucky logo shots. That seems to be the case with him. And the second key is just to really get like the three-point ball going for the Heat. I mean, we talk about this so much as a topic on this podcast that when the Miami Heat shoot well, when someone pops off for a night, whether it's Duncan or Struess or Vincent or Hero with the three ball, Miami looks really, really great. So I think that the BLT big three is definitely going to step up. And then we're going to get key contributions from role players like Struess and Jimmy. And uh, did I just call Jimmy a role player? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but it's going to be it's going to be a good series for sure. Right. And how about you, George? Yeah, you guys pretty much covered most of it. Um, I'm disgusted by your comments. Joel, and uh, you'll pay for that, but that's the story. Come on, respect, respect the VORP though. The VORP, the VORP will not save you, okay? The VORP will not save Kevin Love, it will not save anybody. VORP is useless. The um, the, the Hawks are a very, very dependent team on Trey Young's play. We, we saw the stat before 9 and 19 with when he scores 25 or less. Uh, he has been known to give big games against the Heat, so. I feel like even if he does have a big game, we have a, still have a very good chance of, of you know, canceling out a lot, of, a lot of factors that make the the Hawks, um, you know, the Hawks that they they really they struggle to rebound. They they're in the lower percentage of rebounding. Uh, they they don't play really, you know, shut out defense. So if we can get our shooters going early, we've got plenty of them as well. We've got Duncan, Struess, Hero, all of these players uh, that that really excel when they get as many shots as possible. So Look, they're not going to have a problem with that. It's the same story if we were going to verse Charlotte as well. They both play pretty subpar defense, and especially with the injuries to Collins and and um, and Capella, they lack size now. They've got uh, uh, De- uh, Gorgie Jeng, and they've got the other center as well. I forget his name, but he um, Onyeka. Sorry, uh, they're really going to struggle to stop Bam and uh, and Deadman. Hopefully, that PJ's back as well for that game because he's going to provide some really great defense and the, the corner presence that he's known for. But look, I, I couldn't be happier with it, with this, with this, uh, this draw, to be honest, we, we match up well against them. I think it'll be a clean sweep or in five, it won't go more than five, which gives them a little bit more of a break as well between the next series where it's actually going to get a bit harder for the heat. Right. And then what do you think, Brian? Um, yeah. My key is for the series is literally going to come down to the, the three-point shooting and containing Trey Young. As far as the three-point shooting, I think it's just, for me, making sure that you really key in on those corner threes. Um, I think that typically when the Heat get beat from three, I don't know, this, there could be stats that say this is wrong, but from the eye test, it seems like whenever the Heat 
or teams really go off on the heat from three, it's because they're missing rotations to the corner. Um, and as far as Trey Young goes, like just send two to the ball, man. Like the Hawks are bottom of the league in assists, not like not like 30th, but near the bottom of the league in assists, near bottom of the league in hockey assists, near bottom bottom of the league and just pure and just straight up passes per game. Like this offense is designed around Trey Young, you know, one or two passes to Trey and then he shoots and maybe they get a rebound and then they reset the offense and then it's fine Trey again. So, you know, force it, force ball out of his hands, make, make the Hawks play a style of offense that they have, that they're not used to. Um, and, you know, you shut down Trey, you make the other guys beat you and you are pretty good. Like I'm not even really worried about our players offensively because the Hawks, like I said, they're not a good defensive team. Like this should be a really, really good series for Jimmy because the Hawks don't have the length to stop him getting the rim. Bam, the Hawks don't have any bigs that can contain him. Hero, there's nobody on the perimeter that, that can check him. Even guys like Gabe, Max, and hopefully Duncan, maybe, um, should be able to get free pretty often. So, yeah, there, there's a lot going for the Heat here. Like, it's it's very small things, and I think that for the Hawks to have a chance in hell in the series, you're going to need Trey to average, like, 40, which I don't think is going to happen. So, yeah, it should be chill. Right. I agree. And then I know you want to add Anthony. Yeah. So I know uh, Brian just said Trey would have to average 40 to have a chance. And George mentioned that Trey is known to have big games against us, which I thought so too, which is surprising because I think typically the Heat do a very good job of limiting the other team star players. That seems to be their game plan going into games is to kind of let everybody else beat you. But I wanted to look up some Trey Young stats. So actually he only averages 21 points per game against the Heat in his career. Uh, and that's four less than his career average versus everybody else. Uh, so I found that to be a little bit interesting. And that includes two big games he had against us because his last game, he actually scored 35 and he scored 50 points against us uh, two years ago. Uh, but even more interesting in that is he's played 13 games against the Heat in his career and seven times they held him under 20 points. So I found it to be very impressive that over 50% of the time that he's faced off against us, we were able to hold him under 20 points. So I think that's going to be really encouraging going into the games because obviously if you shut him down like that, they quite literally have zero chance. Right. You know, for me, you know, when you look at it and you guys said it, you know, great. Like this series for Miami against Atlanta, I mean, this is just a great team to go against. Let's see. Like, if I had to rank the four playing teams from who I'd want to play to, like, maybe who I probably would, wouldn't want to, like, I'd least likely, not saying that we wouldn't be any of the four teams, but, you know, still, like, I would probably want to play the Hornets first because, man, they were trash. Like, I know y'all saw that playing game. You know, then you have, I would have Atlanta second. And then at first, I had Cleveland second because it was like if Jared Allen's going to be out, it's like you probably want to feast against them. But, you know, he came back. So then it's like, okay, we'll probably hop back on the Atlanta bandwagon, put them back in second as an easier opponent for the Heat. But like, you know, third Cleveland and then fourth Brooklyn for obvious reasons. But, you know, overall, like Miami, we know that they're not going to fear anyone. And I just can't wait to see what the Heat do because – what I like about this matchup is that it fits Miami perfectly, like you guys said. And I think this is a type of series that can get some of our players going, you know, like, I guess you could say a little bit like a warm up, you could call it because that's one thing that I think sucked about last season was that 
we were we were immediately facing like a really tough opponent in Milwaukee in the first round. You know, like we weren't playing like a trash team to start it off and then working our way up. You know, and that's not the case this time around. You know, luckily we're blessed with the matchup against Atlanta. And although delusional fans of their team think that it's going to be a seven game series, you know, let let let's surprise them. You know, so. With that being said, I mean, let's just see what happens. And like I said, I just need the Heat to sweep them just to make these national media clowns look really stupid. So, you know, basically that's all I got to say about that. And like next up, I want to have us talk about, you know, this competition real quick. Because although we can sit here and rightfully talk all kinds of trash about the Hawks, I feel like we should just take this moment to discuss the challenges that the Hawks could bring to the table for the Heat once this playoff series begins. Because I feel like each foe you'll meet will have some sort of strong point that makes them stand out in a way, which is why I'm curious and wanting to know what specific strong points you guys feel that the Hawks have going for them in this series and all that. So pushing all that chatter aside, like what's some challenges that you guys think this Hawks team can stir up? Um, you're up first, Christian. So I think that one of the keys is actually going to be one of the main challenges, and that will be containing Trey Young. I mean, he's a pretty shifty guard, and on the offensive end, he's going to be making great contributions. On the defensive end, he's more of a liability. But I just think that if Trey is just pulling from near logo range and he's hitting, that's really difficult to defend because who's going to go that far out to guard someone, you know? Uh, aside from that, the Hawks have some pretty decent shooters. Um, Hunter is not a bad shooter. Um, Herder is also not a bad shooter. They're sixth in the league in points per game at 113.9. So I think that they're going to be pretty good at scoring. So it's just going to be up to Miami's defense to sort of stop them. Season series, Miami's three to one against Atlanta. So um, it's not really that difficult, I feel. And I don't think Miami's going to have too much trouble scoring against Atlanta I think it's just making sure that Trey Young is contained would be the biggest issue right and then you Brian oh uh, yeah I think it's I agree with Christian a lot of it's just, it just comes down to Trey like you know as much as I think you know um Anthony pointed out that you know they Trey hasn't really played up to his normal level versus the Heat um you know, I guess there's always a concern that, you know, Trey is, is an extremely ignitable player. Like, he is one of the best offensive players in the NBA, um, definitely above anybody on the Heat, and he is definitely liable to have those 40 or 50-point games. Um, and obviously, when you have a guy like that, that that can kill you, even if, you know, everybody else on the Hawks is struggling. You know, Trey can't keep an offensive float. Um, and then, obviously, the shooting. They're one of the best shooting teams in the NBA. The Heat, luckily, are one of the best – teams defending shooting, but are defending the three, but you know, that's always a concern that they can get hot in a game or two and that can swing, you know, especially if he go cold, then, you know, it's just the numbers game at that point. Right. So I, I think really it just comes down to that. Like, I don't think anything else Atlanta does spectacularly, ex- especially with uh, Collins and Capella out. I think that if those two are playing, then, you know, you definitely do have to worry about the defense. You do have to worry about, you know, maybe guys like Jimmy and Bam getting into the paint. Um, but with them gone, like, it's, you know, it already hurts a poor defense. It already hurts a poor rebounding team. Like like I mentioned earlier, like, the passing isn't great. You know, you're not going to see a lot of, like, ball movement. Um, not a lot of, you know, you're not really worried about getting caught up on screens and chasing, you know, 
even really elite shooters, I guess. But yeah, so I, I think they should be fine um, given those two those two strengths. And what's on your mind, George? Um, for me, it's more the um. There's actually two facets that really come to mind. It's it's come back to what you guys have already said with Trey Young. You know, he's an extremely just he's a gritty player. He when he get when he gets when he gets hot, he stays hot for a long time. And also the fact that when he feels disrespected and when he feels like he's being called out or, you know, if, if the crowd's against him, he feeds off that so well. He reminds me a lot of, of the way that um, Jimmy, Jimmy plays the game as well with that tenacity and that, that uh, you know, he wants to prove people wrong. He wants to play his best basketball. He wants to lead. And, and you know, he reminds me a lot of Jimmy in, in all those senses. But the, the, the big problem for us, in my opinion, lies in the free throw game because they average top 10 in free throws attempts and so do we, but they, uh, they average the, so they're the third best team in actually scoring, you know, free throws. So they make the points count. And for, for a lot of games we saw, especially last, last night's game playing game against um, the Clippers and, and the Pelicans free throws can make a massive, massive difference in the final box box score. Both the teams shot absolute, absolutely atrocious from the free throw line and it cost the Clippers the game in the end and the the Pelicans are lucky that it didn't cost them as well so getting them off the line just just not not fouling when it's not necessary because Trey we know how much Trey Young loves to get to the line not as much as Jimmy because Jimmy's fourth in the league in um in free throws attempted but Jimmy uh, Trey Young's eighth so getting him to the line as little as possible should be a key point you know a, a it's the key for us. It needs to happen. So I don't think we're going to have that big of a problem to achieve that because we've got such capable defenders as well. We've got Jimmy, Lowry, Bam, PJ. And even if they want to go deeper, you know, we can even put uh, deeper on him, who's a more than capable one-on-one defender, really, really, you know, gritty. And, and, and he's the player that probably I would choose out of the three because I like Jimmy to, to kind of roll and to to double team as well. So I reckon, I think this is the time Oladipo might actually get more minutes than Duncan this series. So I don't think it's a bad choice, but I think that we'll do a good enough job at stopping them. I just just don't feel frustrated or flustered at all when it comes to the Hawks. I don't care what they do. I don't care what they throw at us. I think we'll be completely fine. Might might just sleep in a couple of those games as well because they start at 3 a.m. for me. So if I want to go to bed, I can and know that the result will be there in the morning. I mean, I agree. You know, like overall, when you look at it, like we said, the Hawks is a great matchup for Miami. You know, the Heat should have it easy and everything. And Anthony, I did not forget about you. I just wanted to quickly bring that in. So go ahead. The floor is yours. I wasn't accusing you of uh, of forgetting me, man. It's not like you've done that in, in the past. <laughs> I just, I wanted to say too, real quick. I know uh, George said that he thinks Depot may get more minutes than Duncan this series. I don't know about that, but I can say if Spo was on the fence, now that he's seen what Duncan Robinson looks like in a headband, it probably makes the decision a lot easier for Spo. <laughs> uh, so I'm assuming maybe a lot of those minutes do go to Depot. Uh, but one thing the Hawks do very well, specifically Trey Young, is they're going to hunt mismatches. We've seen teams do that all year against Miami, specifically against Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. So the main thing I want to do is see the Heat hunt them back. If teams are going to hunt our, you know, slower, skinnier, small defenders, let's hunt them back. We all know Trey Young statistically one of the worst defenders of all time. We need to see them attack that. 
it's sad because a lot of times you won't see the heat attack mismatches. A lot of times, Bam in a bio, he won't attack a mismatch at all. He'll settle for a jumper if he's on a slower big that he can easily attack. Or sometimes he won't even shoot the jumper at all because the slower big's playing drop coverage and Bam just won't even look at the rim. So I just want to see them attack mismatches. And then as far as another big challenge, I'm just going to say injuries. Uh, right now, the Heat got a couple guys questionable, Deadman, Morris, Tucker. I think most of them are going to play. But obviously, with COVID and, and everything going on, you want to make sure that nobody gets sick or injured during the playoffs at any point. And of course, the the Hawks, you know, they have their own injuries going on. Capella, obviously, highly unlikely that he's going to play. Haven't heard nothing, but we just know the injury happened just yesterday, I guess. And John Collins, I don't know when he's going to be back either. I mean, if you guys don't know what's wrong with him, you would just have to look up John Collins' finger. Uh, but do it at your own discretion because it looks nasty. And that was already over a month ago. Uh, and it still must be pretty bad if it was, you know, limiting him from even playing yesterday in a winner go home game. So um, it doesn't sound like either one of those guys will be back, at least not tomorrow. So as long as the Heat can continue to win the injury battle, I guess, then they'll be okay too. Right. And you know what? It's a good thing that you brought up health because, man, that is huge for this Heat team because, you know, you look at everything that's happened. I mean, Paul George, like, COVID ultimately decide, decided the Clippers season last night. And it, you just hate to see it. And, you know, and it's not even that. But, you know, we even think about, you know, what happened in the finals a couple of seasons ago. And, you know, I, I won't say that he would have definitely won the championship, although they probably would have. But, you know, you can't help but think about, you know, stuff like if Goran or Bam was healthy, which is why one thing you can't help but stress is that, Miami will be healthy come this playoff run, you know, and, you know, you look at those couple injuries for Atlanta, you know, those are huge too, you know, because Clint Capella, that's a big um loss for them. You know, I, I expect Bam to have a good series if he's going to sit some games out and John Collins, you know, I don't think they've really said much regarding the return for him, but, you know, while he's not there, just take advantage of that. I mean, it's already an easy matchup for Miami, but with guys like them, unfortunately, having to sit this out, like, I feel that Miami should be able to do even better than what we once thought. So I know, um, George, you got something you want to add? Uh, I've just seen the photo of John Collins' finger. It looks like there's a small mountain on his hand, and that's the scariest, most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Uh, besides the wear injury in college, that was also pretty messed up. This could be worse. This looks like he grabbed the marshmallow and shoved it into his finger, and that's his knuckle from now on. But moving on, if uh, I just want to make a quick point. If any of y'all are gambling fans, please gamble responsibly, by the way. Put Trey Young to average over 25 points a game this series because I think he's going to absolutely dominate. There's no one that can stop him. And if, if Trey Young is the one that gets swapped, uh, switched to him and not Kevin Herter or someone like that, He's going to absolutely tear them apart. That's all I wanted to say. Right. And that's the thing, because Trey Young is going to have to carry this Hawks team, which is the main reason why, like, they look so vulnerable in this series, because there's only so much you can put in that man's hands. Like, and I don't know. And there's something else I want to bring up from the fans' perspective, which is why we're moving into this next topic. And that's none other than the Heat New Stat of the Week. Uh, before we get into it, make sure to follow Heat Muse on Twitter for all Miami Heat stats. His handle is Heat M U S E. Anyways, so Heat versus Hawks is at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday, 
And one thing that should be known is that Miami is three and one against the Hawks this season. So Heat Muse wanted to say that if you're going to the game, do not chant F Trey Young. With that being said, like, I mean, what do you guys make of these stats as we get ready to watch more history be written between these two teams? Uh, tell us. I don't care who who says don't say F Trey Young. Say it as much as you want. Okay. You got a free country over there. Say exactly what you want. Now, if he wants to get upset and personal over it, he can go meet Bam at the top of the key and let's see how many points he's scoring then. I think the F Trey Young thing, it isn't about being polite though. I think it's a very cautionary thing for Heat fans because they don't want to ignite Trey Young. Because for some reason in adversity, Trey Young seems to prosper more you know, than any other NBA player. When the Knicks started chanting that, he just absolutely mollywhopped them. The Cavs chanted all of a sudden in the second half, he has 32 points. So I think it's just like a very precautionary thing to say, hey, don't piss this guy off in the arena because all of a sudden he's just going to start pulling 50 logo shots and we're going to go down. So I think that it's not like, uh, it's not really like a courtesy thing because I think everyone in the Miami Heat <laughs> uh, stadium they're all going to be thinking like f trey young so um but i think that miami is definitely going to shift it in their favor as far as the playoff series and we're going to look at a good good win Boom. i actually glad you called him me because i do have a strong take on this f trey young thing heat fans don't do it man okay cleveland looked so pathetic doing that last night okay they want to be the new york knicks fans so 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 bad okay dude is dropping 38 on you you look stupid all right that's new york's thing let it be their thing don't try to copy them i didn't like when other teams copied us with Giannis at the free throw line last year that whole counting thing one two that was us okay then everybody wants to copy it make it their own do your own thing okay the f trey young thing that's the knicks thing let them have it. Be creative. Call him. Everybody bring lollipops to the game and drop them on the floor and <laughs> do something like that. And everybody hold up a lollipop when he's at the free throw line. That would be hilarious. Joel, you must know Michael McCollum. Get him on the line. Tell him to give out lollipops at the game. You know, Bro, just everyone, be creative. When he at the free throw line, everyone just holds up one of those dumb, dumb lollipops. Yes. They- Bro, that's hilarious. <laughs> Don't do it, Heat Nation. I. Last thing you want to do is wake up a sleeping dog anyways, aside from the whole being original point. That's the last thing you want to do. Okay. Be original, get creative, you know, just, and also it's just disrespectful. Like he's a, a person too. Like I never got that anyways, but whatever. What do you got, Brian? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the F Trey young thing goes, like, I don't know, man, at the end of the day, like, like Andy said, like this, this, this guy's a human, you know, certain level of respect for whoever's playing, um also i don't know i just feel weird about saying f you to a dude who has like a hundred times my net worth not even that like a thousand times my net worth like i can say f you trey young all i want i still gotta go home to a goddamn apartment well he's going home to his five yeah, digits like you look goofy doing it like come on bro this man is playing basketball for a career we're all doing spreadsheets or you know, working uh, as a as at Walmart. Which, no, hey, no disrespect, people that work at Walmart. Like that's a service that people need. But yeah, I mean that's the thing, right? Like, cause you know, at the end of the day, I understand that Trey Young sometimes he might get on people's nerves, but like I feel like we should just take it easy. At the end of the day, Heat fans are more classy than Knicks fans. So and Cavs fans too. I mean, we didn't 
well, at least most of us didn't burn LeBron's jersey, you know, that and did all that other extra stuff that Knicks fans have also done. So, you know, it is what it is. And just simply go there, enjoy the game, just scream for the team and just be that electric crowd that we know Heat Nation can be. So, you know, I mean, that's basically all there is for that. Uh, shout outs to Heat News again. We almost went off on the wrong page um, at the beginning, but we were able to bring it back. I, I mean, think Trey Young could be the very first the person. Trey Young. <laughs> I think Trey Young could be the very first. Hey, yo, be. pause on that. Pause on that. <laughs> Trey Young could be the very first person to be more qualified to work in the NBA than at Walmart. Because if you if you were at Walmart, he wouldn't be able to look over the friggin' counter. Okay, let's just put that out there. The Atlanta Hawks have not won the NBA championship since 1958. Let me put that into context. My parents weren't born in 1958. That's 64 years ago, baby. That ain't happening. Okay. Yeah, they have a poor culture. Back, no culture. We have culture. To make a long story short, I think that we just have to make sure that we actually treat our opponents and everyone with respect, you know, all jokes aside. Um, the Heat are the better team. They're the more talented team. And that's really who I can see winning this series. So 4-0, 4-1, whatever it is, we're going to the second round. Right. And let's see. I, I guess that's basically it about that. You know, overall, just once again, just simply respect the opponents, even if you think the team is poverty, which they probably might be, you know, just take it easy on the actual players and let's just focus on these wins. So anyways, now let's get right back into it. So we addressed so much in today's episode. I'm like, before we close it out, let's just quickly talk about the expectations for the Heat as they get ready for game one. You know, like we already mentioned so much about the Heat and the Hawks, so I'm going to just get right to it. Like, what's everyone's expectations for this first game against Atlanta? Like, what's your take, George? 119, the Heat, 22, Atlanta. That's that's the prediction. All right, no, I'm joking. Okay. All right, no, my, my, my actual prediction, I actually did the prediction the other day with my bracket. <laughs> well, um, it's 127, the Heat to 114 Atlanta. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. You know, both teams are excited. A lot of energy in that building. Trey Young's excited to get going. And, um, you know, Bam, Bam, Jimmy, and and Larry are going to do their thing as well. So it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I don't think it's going to be the most defensive game, in my opinion, to start it off with. But uh, down the series, it will be. But, you know, go Heat, and we should take this one. Right. And, Christian, what's on your mind? I see it being a little bit more of of a tighter game. I think Miami's going to score maybe about 103, Atlanta, 88. But I think of those 88 points, Trey is going to have probably like 30. So uh, I think Miami is going to be able to contain the rest of the Hawks. It's not going to be that much of a concern. And they're going to find a lot easier time getting into the paint because the Hawks are down Capella and John Collins. So I think it's going to be bigger games for Bam and Jimmy and those Heat players that could really do some damage down low. Right. And you, Anthony? Well, what I'm thinking is that... Hold up. Hold on a second. I don't know if you guys hear that, but it's Trey Young crying because Bam Adebayo is going to lock him down. He is going to score 12 points. Uh, I got 112-103 Miami. I, I, I ain't going to lie. I was low-key thinking something was wrong with the Zoom. But <laughs> um, Brian, how about you? Um, Yeah, I think I'm also going to go 112-98 like 98 Miami. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I do think that if Atlanta's going to win a game, it's going to be this first game. I think it's going to be one of those, like, just kind of surprise, like, oh, the worst, the AC gets the first game. Everybody's freaking out. And then the first seat smashes them the rest of the way. But if not, I think it's it's going to be 
not a very close series the whole way through. Right. For me personally, I also expect the Heat to win. Just take care of business. And like I said, just please sweep Atlanta just to shut everyone up. Like, just please, you know, and just get ready for those upcoming series. Because, and, you know, just one quick thing that I do want to hit on is if the Heat could sweep um, Atlanta, that would actually be really convenient simply because we don't know how much games Philly and Toronto is going to go. So, you know, if, if let's say that series ends up going like seven or six games, you know, that would help Miami a lot because you sweep Atlanta and then you're in this situation where you get to chill, relax. You know, if you're, if you feel a little worn out after that Hawk series, you can go ahead, catch a breather and just wait for the Sixers and Hawks, not the Hawks, the Raptors to finish their series and then get right into that. So you know, that's why I'm really for it now. You know, the idea of the Miami Heat sweeping the Atlanta Hawks. So, you know, that's overall my take on the whole situation. And, you know, we talked so much on today's episode. Um, Before we end it, make sure to check out our Twitter and Instagram page at HBTW Podcast while checking out our website at hbtwpodcast.wordpress.com. That way you can still have access to 24-7 Miami Heat content, even while we're not recording a new episode. Also, if you guys enjoyed today's episode, you're in luck because we'll be recording a new episode after every playoff win for the Heat. So if God is willing, you should have at least 16 more episodes coming your way before we officially close the door on Season 2 of Heat vs. The World. Anyways, thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. The World podcast, and we'll see you guys soon with another episode. Hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. The World podcast.